It's the Friday edition of WWT Live, and there's a lot to talk about today, including two major wrestling biopics coming to the movies, and should AEW actually book their wrestling division, particularly the women's division, better? All of that, plus a very, very special guest hanging out with us today. You are locked into WWT Live. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, Two, one, zero. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. What's going on, good people? Happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of WWT Live as part of Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. I am the professor, as they call me around these parts, Gerard Bonner. Good to be with you guys. We have a whole lot to get into. Thankfully, I'm not alone. That'd be kind of boring. So I've got my good brothers with me. Coming to the mic, it's my man, Booney. My mic sounds nice. How are you, good brother? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, if you know, you know. Um, exactly, <laughs> right? All is good, man. Can't complain. Happy Friday. I'm glad for another weekend. It's hot outside. It yeah. is hot. It you is. Know? So I hope y'all staying cool out there. Now, you're on the West Coast, right? Yes. So exactly how hot is it out there? Right now, I'm in the Valley. It's 95. So it's not, it's been usually 100, 99, 100 the past few days. So this is yeah. one of the cooler days. Understood. I was in Vegas literally two weeks ago and it was 115 degrees. Like that was not a joke. Yeah. That was yeah. actual temperature. And I yeah. just said, no. No, I'm, yeah. I'm not built for this. I'm not built for this. Well, also joining us is the big homie DJ Chuck. How are you, good brother? My mic sounds nice. Check one. My mic. Nice. Check two. Woo. It's going to be this kind of foolishness. I can see this. If the camera was on me when you said that, I literally fell out of this chair. Oh, my God. Oh. And this is how we're going to start it off. We're going to start it off with a salt and pepper reference today. Yes, sir. There we go. There we um, go. How's your day going, here. man? Good, man. I'm I'm very close to where Booney is, where the, where the studio is right now. I'm also okay. in the valley, and it is hotter yeah. than the devil's draws right now. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, if For those who don't believe that global warming is real, this is the summer that proves it. Okay. Every I've, summer is hotter. Every it is. Summer is mm -hmm. Every summer is the hottest summer. It is. It is. So that tells us plenty. It's yeah, hotter than Kane's pyro right now through hellfire and brimstone. There we have. Well it. said, well said. Well, shout out to JD in the chat, Boza. Good to see you as well, and uh, make sure you are sharing this uh, because we've got a very, very special guest to kick off the show today. So you have heard this guy's voice literally in every major wrestling promotion from NXT to WWE. You've heard him in AEW, Impact, even in New Japan. And uh, it's a fun moment because the guys that are hanging with me love hip hop, love wrestling. It's a great moment when we get to combine the two. And perhaps nobody does it better than our special guest today, who is Kind of the guy, the go-to guy when it comes to all things wrestling in terms of theme music creation and the like. He's got a brand new project out called Never Settle, and we're going to get into that and a whole lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, 
Welcome the guy known to the world as Russell and Flow. He is Josiah Williams. Good brother. How are you, man? Man, first of all, I don't even feel worthy of that introduction. You know, it's what I mean? the like, truth. That was, that In the words fantastic. of CM Punk, tell me when I'm telling lies. Hey, okay? <laughs> This is wrestling. You got to talk your your stuff on the mic. You got to cut your promos. <laughs> no, man. I am, <laughs> I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm appreciative to be here and excited too, man. Like I've been waiting for this all week. So definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, real talk, man. Josiah is literally one of the most humble guys that I know and yet one of the most talented and skilled guys. Now, a lot of people may or may not be aware of your story, but let people know kind of how you ended up getting into where everybody started to know you in NXT. Yeah, so um, for a while I was making hip-hop music, Christian hip-hop music, and in between projects I would, I would want to do something to kind of like clear my head out, you know, because yeah. you get in that mode of just like the project has to be like this or the single has to be like this, whatever it is, and that kind of gets stressful for me. So mm -hmm. I always wanted to do something fun and special to to just clear my mind. Yeah. And the in 2018, you know, I'd always been a wrestling fan, but I wanted to do something that combined my love for hip hop and wrestling at the same time. Yeah. So I started writing these tracks, eventually got the courage to put them on YouTube. And the crazy thing is within the first two that I dropped, um, it blew up it's like nuts. insane. Um, so the first track that I did was for the Undisputed Era at the time in NXT. The second track that I did was for Gorillas of Destiny in New Japan. Um, just remixing both of their theme songs from you know NXT and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And um, yeah, it kind of just took off from there. Nine months later, I'm signed to WWE as an on-air talent. Did that for a couple of years, and it's just been a it's been a wild ride, man. It's been real cool. <laughs> That's really dope. Wild might be the understatement of the year because let, let's talk about that time frame. I mean, you literally said, hey, this is something fun I want to do. I'm going to drop these uh, remix tracks onto YouTube. And, you know, we left out a detail or two because the way you got signed, talk about how in the world people started finding out about that Undisputed Era track. Yeah, so, okay, this is the legit timeline so i dropped i don't know why i picked this time but it was 11 central because i was living in okay. illinois at the time yeah. so i just was like let's just put this video out at 11 o'clock i don't know why mm -hmm. by 11 i think it was like 07 or something like that um uh who saw it first i think roger strong saw it first That's and crazy. he tweeted it out and i you know i'm like what <laughs> right. How did you find this that quickly? Um, a, you know, a few minutes later, Adam Cole saw it, and then he posted it that afternoon. By the end of the day, Kyle O'Reilly had seen it. Later that week, uh, Bobby Fish had seen it. Like, it blew up pretty crazy. Yeah. By them seeing that, then um, kind of within the New Japan world, like, people started seeing the other one because I posted them at right. the same time. So it was wow. like, it was insane. Um, somebody contacted me from WWE shop and was, you know, like, Hey, this is really cool. Can we give you shirts since you're already going to be making these videos? If that's the plan for you to wear, um, let's set up a call that never happened, which I wish it would have, but wow. Yeah. But 
in the process of waiting for that call, I got an email from a guy named Brian, who at the time was the vice president of like digital media for WWE. And we had a phone call that was supposed to be like 15 minutes that ended up being like an hour and a half. And we're just sitting talking about everything. Um, I was a theater student. And so my, my world after I graduated college was college basketball. Mm -hmm. So I was an announcer for like halftime and, you know, timeouts, those, those promotions where, Hey, if you would, if you make this shot a thousand dollars from Buffalo Wild Wings, those little things. Right, right, right. right. And, but I knew I always wanted to do something with, with WWE specifically, not just with professional wrestling, but like I was a WWE fan um, as a kid. And so I was like, that's, that's my dream. I don't know what it is, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, on camera, that something I want to yeah. do. So um, yeah, the, I guess the condensed story is I had a, I had a screen test at Monday night raw that following October. And then I had another one in, February at NXT, there were a lot of bumps in the road. I thought I did horribly at both of them, but um, yeah, they were like, we like your positive attitude. We're going to bring you in. We like your energy. Uh, let's just keep doing what we're doing. That's crazy. Booney, did you have something you wanted to ask? Oh, no. I was just okay. like, yeah. <laughs> Chuck? Yeah, yeah. I, I do have, a, I got to ask this question because, yeah. Gerard, you meant at the top that, you know, we're all hip hop fans and lovers of the sport of pro wrestling. Yeah. My, my group in particular takes a lot of the dramatics in terms of when you go on stage, you hear wrestlers say all the time, it's me turned up to 11, that persona. And you just mentioned earlier that pre WWE, you were the guy in the middle of doing, you know, basketball warmups and the halftime shows and so forth. And to go in front of a large crowd like that, you have to turn your energy up into kind of a second persona. And I wanted to ask, how much of that turned up personality makes it into uh, your music and your stage performance? And how much of wrestling, you know, as you say, you're a fan since you're a kid, how much of that influenced your stage work even pre getting signed into WWE? A lot. So much. Um, I always point to, there are a couple of guys that I point to, but um, Randy Orton is someone who he can communicate so much without even providing a lot of that, like, energy of you know you you think of energy in in terms of like doing something fast and, and, and upbeat and he was someone that i always respected because literally that slow slither walk to the ring mm -hmm. like communicated everything to me so from a theatrical standpoint i would study stuff like that um and then especially from i mean when you're when your favorites are showing you love on on twitter and stuff at that time for music it's like that's that's energy that's goosebumps so for a while it was just natural right of like i'm riding off of kind of the high of everything that's happening around me yeah. um, so in the beginning i didn't really have to like try it was more so trying to calm down like, <laughs> yeah, i'm just excited about everything yeah. <laughs> uh, i think obviously getting into the like the corporate side of it right from I was just a dude uploading videos on YouTube and then transitioning from, all right, so now I, I work with this umbrella of WWE over me. Um, so that was a little bit different. And that took a, cause you can't just do whatever you want. You have to follow certain rules. You have to like, all right, you can say this, you can't say that. Right. So there was definitely a lot of that, but I still think even, even in the midst of, you know, large corporate stuff, like I'm, I'm excited about, everything that i do and i'm never going to put myself in a situation where i don't want to do something right um, yeah. 
So yeah, I definitely fuel off a lot of that. And then just, I think especially because as, as artists who are talking about stage performers and talking about these, these people that we admire, so much of it isn't about us. It's about who we're like communicating to and communicating about. So like we're feeding off of the energy of the talent that we're talking about. So it's, it comes like naturally, I guess. You know, you brought us something I, I got to ask, because, you know, we're in the wrestling media. We're all, we're all, quote unquote, smart marks on this call. And, you know, this is something we always criticize creative. How did they come up with this? Why didn't they do this? You know, and you've been on the inside. You are someone that has worked for the company. What can you say about the creative process and the red tape and who has to sign off on what that process of I have an idea at the pitch to it makes it to our TVs? Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> looks at a lot. Body <laughs> language, man. Yeah, it's a lot. It is. I mean, like I said, as someone who was just a YouTube creator, right? I think of all right. I want to make a song about Bianca Belair. Mm -hmm. You just do it, mm -hmm. and there's nothing that you really have to think about that. Um, I think a good example is I had so tying into the project Never Settle. I kind of had a similar idea while I was in NXT, like first couple of weeks, where I wanted to introduce some of the people that either weren't on TV yet, or like some of the names that you started to hear about, but they're not exactly like at that time, you know, Adam Cole and like Shayna Baszler who were at the main event level, right? Right. Um, but you have to remember, you know, they're still developing plans, right? LA Knight right now is, right, but at the time when he first arrived, it's like they have to figure out what they're going to do first. And, and there's a process. And I think especially with NXT, where you've seen the success rate, like so many people have started there and taken their stuff to a whole different level. So um, there was a lot of that. Uh, but then there's also the opposite where I get a call from Road Dog at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. He's like, how, how fast can you turn around just a random track about Cameron Grimes? that then later on, 48 hours later, is on a pay-per-view and then becomes his theme song. So I, there's like, it can be years and years of waiting. Yeah. And it can be get it done right now. Right. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. moment. So a little bit of both. So, so to that, I want to ask you, how did, because, you know, when you are an independent artist, you are kind of working on your own timeline. And sometimes that can be, wow, I've got an idea and, you know, soup to nuts ends up being three hours. And other times there's writer's block and it takes a year. So how much of what you did independently prepared you for a moment where you had to turn this thing around and in 48 hours it ends up on a pay-per-view? Yeah. Um, wrestling flow for a while was every week. Um, mm. Kind of like what you see with hit row right now, AJ Francis, yeah. Uh, yeah. top dollars, like doing this thing literally every week. Right. Um, and there was there was a, a good chunk of time where it was exactly that. And I'm not somebody who has like a team, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Like it was yeah. literally just me, my microphone in my closet. Mm -hmm. And my wife would sometimes film me if I couldn't, you know, set up the tripod the way that I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so that was it for, for a long time. And I would pay a guy to mix and master the tracks, you know, um, but I was used to, I think of whatever track I'm working on or like multiple at a time, scheduling it all out. I'm editing the videos all myself, um, pulling the clips. Cause obviously a lot of what I like to do is I assume that people don't always know about wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening to one of my tracks or watching a video, I want you to get a good idea of who, you know, whoever is Kenny Omega, yeah. Kevin Owens, like who are these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would, it would be a lot like <laughs> losing a lot of sleep, but I knew yeah. that it was something that I was passionate about. So yeah. there was a lot that went into it. I love that. I love that. So, so what's interesting is obviously you spent quite a bit of time in WWE and, for many of us, and probably for you too, that time felt like it was cut short. Um, but here's what I'm curious to find out because it seems like now, even though you are outside of the WWE bubble, it feels like you're in demand even more now with these all of these tracks that you've been doing for Taya and now for Trinity. What does that feel like You know, when you're like, okay, I'm out of this, but you're still very much in it. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, of course, in the beginning of the of the process and transition out of the company, you're like, man, I don't know. I, I trust that God is going to lead me where he wants me to go. Right. But there's also those moments where it's like, I have no idea what's getting ready to happen next. Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody could forget about who I am. And then, you mm-hmm. know, I just go be a dad somewhere and live my life. But yeah. um, I I'm thankful that I maintained good relationships with everybody like while I was there, but I also started to kind of like just meet people and get to know people out like both in WWE and outside of WWE too, because what I wanted to do, like, so right now I'm a videographer at Disney. Right. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time doing videography at NXT as a videographer. I want to make sure I have as many different styles, and and learn as much as I can. So that's advice that I got from from Paul Heyman. Like, no matter what the entertainment is, learn Mm -hmm. as much of it as you can and make as as many connections as you can because you'll be able to take it somewhere. Like, it'll work out somewhere. Um, So it is cool. And I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm challenged a lot. You know, the way that you do things at WWE is different than... AEW and different with mm-hmm. impact and even different with something like battle slam and yeah. like other promotions too. So it's, it's a cool process to just see all of this stuff um, from a different lens each time you're in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Now that leads, of course, you've got a brand new project that has just hit stores. It's called uh, never settle, man. Talk about this because you've got some really cool people on this project as well. Um. Thank you. Yeah, man. Never settle. Okay. So you know how any any artist ever, right? When they're going on their like their press run about their new project and they're like, man, this is my best work to date. Right, right. You know, right. What I mean? this is the greatest thing I've ever put out. <laughs> like I I can't express and I cannot explain, like, I'm a very detail-oriented, insecure human being. Wow. And I don't feel any of that with this project. Like, mm. there are always things that I can nitpick and like, oh, I wish I brought up the drums on this or set this yeah. differently. But like, I am, so, I get goosebumps. I am so proud of this body of work. Um, and it's not even like a, you know, Chris Brown 45 track project. Like, this is right. a small EP, but it's, it's, it's a good representation of like where I'm at right now, where I've been over the past couple of years. Like some of these tracks I wrote within the past two months, some of these tracks I started writing the day I left uh, WWE. So like it's a full process. um, And 
I can I can sense and feel each time I go back and listen to these tracks, like how how empowered I felt and what I wanted other people to feel out of it. Um, so never settle is exactly that. For me, it's it's a reminder that no matter where you are in life, whether you're at your highest, whether you're at your lowest, there's still more. Um, and no matter what that more looks like, there's there's always something. So yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to to pursue, and I want people to get that, whether it's through my story or just by kind of like, you know, whatever they get, whatever they're going through. Never settle can speak to everyone. Absolutely, and you've got some cool features on there, including some people people might recognize. Uh, <laughs> Xavier Woods is on here, and uh, people might be surprised by one Samantha Irvin. Who is yeah. here as well? Talk about how that happened because the way she shows up, people probably aren't expecting. Yes, um, I try to do a little bit of that with with everything that I work on. Of like, how can I improve my work? How can I elevate my work? And how can I make sure that it's not the same thing that people are getting from a year ago or from a couple of months ago? Um, so I guess starting with Xavier Woods. I mean, he's somebody like that I look up to. He's somebody that I admire. He's someone that has so much wisdom. Like you think of, you think of wisdom as, oh, I get that, you know, sit down with my granddad and talk to people about their history. But there's so much that he embodies and that he represents that I definitely wanted that reflected on this project. Um, and so, yes, you got to check that out for him. And then for Sam, we connected like a few months before she came to WWE and I said, we're going to work on something. Mm -hmm. um, we bounced a few ideas back and forth, but I ultimately wanted her to leave people surprised, like you said, um, and show a different side of herself. Obviously, right now she's doing her thing on the mic and in the ring. Um, she's done an incredible. Yes, for sure. Um, many people know that she is a singer. So they've seen some clips on WWE of like, national anthem and all that other stuff um but she is also an incredible an incredible um i don't even want to say it because i don't want to give it away <laughs> right you know right, I mean? right 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 say it i, I think i know where you're going i've seen the instagram videos yes, i'm not gonna yes, give it away for the audience yes, but she's yeah. really good at that too yes she's very good <laughs> chuck go ahead yeah, uh, the, the I just had to ask this quick question because you know you just nonchalantly just name drop. You know, Road Dog called me one day and then Paul Heyman once told me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're just dropping like legends in in the chat like it's nothing, man. And you know, you're around so much. Like one one of my favorite things in in any industry is being around the legends, the one who have so much game and hearing the war stories, so to speak. Is there anything in particular from any veteran that you're around in that locker room? Any kind of piece of advice? that stuck with you that carried not just your time in WWE, but in your overall entertainment career that you still refer to today? Um, yes. I mean, kind of, so further expanding on the, the, the Paul Heyman situation, um, <laughs> there is, there was a time where I was kind of like in between. So, you know, when you think of, when you think of WWE announcers, um, there's a certain, you know, Kayla Braxton, right? Alicia Taylor, like there are people who are identified as announcers. For a while, I was like not officially listed as an announcer, but still a part of the roster in a way. Um, and so I was talking to, to Paul Heyman of just like, man, how do I get kind of over this hump? Because I didn't get signed 
as an official announcer. I, that, like, that's true. I didn't get signed as that. I got signed as an on-air talent, which is closely more so like Kathy Kelly, right? As someone who you see on screen, you see on TV, on social media, but not necessarily in an official announcing capacity. Um, Kathy Kelly went through this route of like creating pretty much her own position. She was the first of her kind, right? Lillian Garcia was an announcer. Mm -hmm. Kathy Kelly started WWE Now and like all these other things that made it her own. So I was brought in kind of like, okay, here's this dude who's creating this, this stuff online. How can we help that to make that his own and like to start his own thing? So he told me, as you know, just find a way to be undeniable. I said, what do you mean by that? He's like, no matter what you're doing, right? Because you're someone who you're editing your own stuff, you're filming your own stuff, um, camera and audio, you're on the mic, you're off the mic, you're interviewing talent, you're supporting talent, like you have all this stuff. Keep doing that. Create a position so that you're literally, they can't say no. And if something happens, when they do, they miss it. Um, so I'll remember that. And then the last thing, I guess I'll also remember when I met, um, I was one of those people who tried to, as, unless they were having like a very important conversation to introduce myself to everybody. And so I saw Randy Orton 2000 and whatever SummerSlam was in Toronto. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I walked up to him. I said, Hey, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. Just wanted to say, hi, my name is Josiah. I'm from NXT. And he started walking away and he turned around and he said, what, was, what did you say your name was again? Um, I said, Josiah. He said, Josiah from NXT. He said, I promise you, I'll never forget that. He said, people don't really do a whole lot of that anymore. Um, and for you to take the time to like approach and to introduce yourself, like I'll, I'll always remember that. So just taking that time to, and of course, like I said earlier, one of my favorites, I'm gonna keep it cool in front of him. I'm like, yeah, you know, man. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. As soon as I turn around, I'm like, oh my god! Right? <laughs> yeah. Josiah so. went in the mirror like, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> hey Siri, play voices at full volume. Right. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the last question I had on my end is: you work for WWE and you work you're working for Disney, and two of the biggest things they have in common is storytelling. You always hear that the storytelling element is important in both WWE and Disney. And what if for you are the most important for your because everybody's creative process is different. Mm -hmm. What is your top principles or or top key points for storytelling? And that goes for your music your video editing, what are the things like you're saying when you're nitpicking about to put something out, you want to make sure that you're telling the story right for you. What are your, your important principles of storytelling? Um, I want it to be relatable. I don't want people to listen to my work and try to figure out like code. And I don't want people to think that it's like too above them or, you know, whatever it is. I don't, I don't like that. I want, I want to make sure that whatever I'm saying is something that people can genuinely relate to. Um, I want it to be accessible. So like I can be telling a story, but I remember in college, like I would make music and then I would say, Hey, you can't play this for your kids or, you know, like you can't play this for your grandma or whatever. Um, and for a while I was kind of embarrassed about that. Like, man, I want everybody to be able to listen to my stuff. Right. Um, so there's that. Um, and then I also, and this is more so from a, from a, filming standpoint like I want people to see themselves in it and that's more of like a inclusion type thing but 
I, I don't know. I don't like, I want everybody to be able to identify with at least something in the work. Um, and I guess that also applies for music too, but you know, I know how it is as a, as a young black man to listen to certain music and be like, I can't, I can't identify with anything in that. Um, so I try my hardest, like, you know, whether it's creating something for, for like evolution, the, um, the first women's pay-per-view in WWE, like all women's pay-per-view, I did something for that. Um, and not to say like, oh, I crossed that off my bucket list, but like, I know how it feels to not have something that represents you. So, right, right. um, just finding opportunities for people to feel like, yeah, I can identify with that. And there's something in that that's for me also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we've got a very interesting question from the chat, which just I said we've got to ask. So uh, the question is, which WWE or NXT star has the best music theme that you did not write <laughs> and that is not The Undertaker? It's actually shout, a really good question. Shout dude. out Jim Johnson, man. The OG. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, this isn't that difficult. Okay. Okay. His okay. name is Tommaso Champa. Ah, yes. So when you think about like, okay, the rock, right? The the as soon as as soon as you hear his voice, within a millisecond, you know. Yeah. Stone Cold. Yeah. In a millisecond, you know. Mm-hmm. If you were, whether you were actually there to, to witness it in person at a show or even just watching it on NXT on TV, when those lights went down and that first beep hit, yeah, like it changed the room. It was so yep. like, there is a dark cloud that is about to cover this ring. <laughs> and it was like bone chilling every single time to me. Um, yeah, I, and to this day, right, even when he returned and the excitement in the room, because it's a different feel now, he's, he's transitioned as a character into this new light, but yeah. I mean, there's still this cool presence of like, when that song hits, people are going to immediately react to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's forever going to be one of the NXT, there's, I mean, there's a lot of them, right, but that's mm -hmm. going to be one of the NXT staples for sure. I love that. I love that. So before we go, there's there's a great story that you have that I just want you to be able to tell people about. And that was and they kind of chronicled this, but I, I, I kind of want you to describe it. The story of you finding out that you are going to bring Adam Cole to the ring for takeover. Tell us that story, because I just think it's it's incredible. Okay, so the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, there is a, a section that um, is or was called the Content Innovation Lab. And that's where I primarily worked out of day to day. A um, bunch of videographers, film guys um, that would, we would go out um, during the week, you know, get stuff for NXT, but we would also film things that were just either internal or external, whatever it was. We're coming up with all these fun ideas. And we would have weekly meetings either on like Mondays or Tuesdays, I can't remember, um, with different teams throughout the company. So we are all in um, our leader, Jimmy Long, who um, many people may know from Impact uh, Wrestling a while ago. And he's responsible for a lot of the stuff that you see on NXT even to this day. 
um, we're in his office and we're on the conference call and they're going through the plans for takeover 25 as far as like all right here's who you're going to film here's what stories we want coming out of this um there's also going to be a special guest rapper for adam cole um, as he walks down to the ring for the main event uh josiah williams of wrestling flow i'm sitting there <laughs> And I was like, what? wait, what? <laughs> I didn't pick up the fact there was a GoPro sitting on Jimmy's desk filming, Cornell sitting right next to me filming. Like, because there's cameras all the time, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't think right. that they're on. Right, <laughs> right, right. I just assume they're charging or something. <laughs> so that's when I start piecing it together. Like, yo, he's dead serious. This is actually happening. Um, so, yeah, this was something that... Um, Adam Cole pitched that Triple H got behind and pitched Shawn Michaels. Like this was a this was a moment that really like all came together. And so the 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 crazy thing is my first day at WWE officially, because I had they announced me during WrestleMania that that year, but my first official day was May 6th, which is my wedding anniversary. So you can imagine. Can imagine. Wow, man. There was a lot of uh it's a lot of pain in our household about wow. this day. They wanted me to fly to, I think it was London for NX for Evolve because they mm -hmm. wanted me to do that entrance for Kyle O'Reilly at Evolve that weekend. And I said, Look, this is incredible. I I can't. Like, I know that sounds crazy. It's my first. I can't do that. <laughs> like, I hope you don't take this as me, like just trying to flake out or anything, but like, this is, this is a very, this is the most important day of the year. I can't do that. So I thought that my opportunity had been wasted, that it was gone. So there was no reason for me to think that this was going to happen, you know, again. Wow. Um, but yeah, that I lost my mind, cried later in the car. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but like it was it was one of the most validating and surreal experiences, um, even just leading up to it, like not the actual performance, but like that moment and everything leading up to it was was insane. Um, yeah. And when I saw I don't think I saw Adam Cole for a couple of days after that, because I wanted to send him a message, but I'm like, no, I have to thank him in person. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just like I didn't even have the words and wow. all we did and it's on camera it was just a dap bring it in and he was like it's time as I needed to say so, yeah yeah and so you know there have been a lot of like conversations since then of like other opportunities you know obviously there was supposed to be a moment with Cameron Grimes we talked about Ricochet um you know, hopefully one day with with Trinity. Um, there are a lot of really cool conversations and moments where it could happen, um, but I don't want to do it just to do it, right? Yeah. I want it to to mean something. And uh, well, if it happens, I'll I, I'm ready. Yeah. If it doesn't, I'm able to point to that and say like I did it. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love that. And I want to remind people again, uh, Josiah's got a new record out, new album, new project. People call it lots of things these days. Uh, <laughs> but it is available everywhere where you can stream music, where you can purchase music. It's called Never Settle. And it's incredible. Uh, let people know how they can follow you and check out all of the things that you're doing because you're still doing a ton of things. Yes. Um, so first of all,
Well, for anyone listening to this, whether it's live or after the fact, thank you so much for not just supporting me, but for supporting WWT and for what they represent. This is dope. Um, you're supporting creators. You're supporting people who are living out dreams right now. So by you being here, commenting, sharing everything like that's it's it's very much so appreciated. Yeah. Um, you can find my stuff everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon wherever you listen to music, uh, they're either Josiah Williams or Wrestle and Flow. And then by searching either one of those things on, you know, Twitter, I guess X now, that's a different right. conversation. Instagram. <laughs> Completely different conversation. <laughs> yeah. And you go go there. Um, <laughs> Instagram, threads, YouTube, wherever you interact, I'm likely to be there under one of those two names. I love it. I love it. Well, it is an absolute joy to have you as part of WWT Live. You're my guy. You already know that. And so I am grateful uh, that you are with us. Again, guys, make sure you're checking out this new project. It's called Never Settle. It is available wherever you download and stream music. It's absolutely amazing. And again, you turn on Impact, you're going to hear them. You turn on AEW, you're going to hear them. You turn on WWE, New Japan, you're going to hear this man because he is doing incredible things. Once again, Josiah, thank you, brother. Man, Godspeed to you. And I'm excited to see what's coming next because it's going to be amazing. And thank you guys for the opportunity. And as am I, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We appreciate you, brother. Take it easy now. All right. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, man. The, right. the real forbidden door. He's on every company, man. <laughs> He's everywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> the real forbidden door. Oh, my gosh. And and guess what, guys? I mean, like, that's technically enough for a show, but we actually have other stories we're going to talk about. It's crazy. But, yeah. again, a huge, huge shout-out uh, to Josiah. Again, Wrestle & Flow. The new project is called Never Settle. It is available wherever it is is that you stream or download music make sure you're doing that and then a lot of those theme songs that he has for trinity and for taya they're all out there as well so make sure you're you're streaming those so that he is aware of just how much you guys really appreciate what he is doing so with that said there's actually uh some interesting stories to get into and one of them i want to get into involves something that happened on dynamite Wednesday night. I don't know who watched Dynamite, but uh, Dynamite had this moment that happened uh, during the one women's match. It was between Taya Valkyrie, who we just mentioned, and Britt Baker. And at the end of this, this appeared. This sign appeared at the very end of this match. Now, what's so interesting is if you watched it live or even went back to watch it, it was like for a solid three to five seconds that the camera stayed on this sign. Like this <laughs> sign, it didn't just flash. It literally, I recorded it. It was three to five seconds. And I could not believe that somehow, some way, this ended up on AEW television. And I mean, it wasn't a front row sign. It was like somewhere in the crowd where the cameraman found it, put it on here. So I guess I have two questions that I want to pose to you guys and to everyone in the chat. Number one, who do you think was responsible for this? And number two, is this a message that, AEW will actually pay attention to 
or was this something that perhaps they orchestrated? To your first question, um, somebody in the production room agrees. Mm -hmm. That's the only, I, you know what? Tony seems like a reasonable guy that you can walk into his office and air your gripes out and have a conversation. It's not like trying to walk in Vince's office where you may walk with your head in your hand. Mm -hmm. So I, I believe maybe somebody in the production truck thought the same and used that because we don't know what the conversations are backstage. So maybe that was one thing. To the second question of is this true? Absolutely. AEW has been, has been around now, what, four years? This yes. is fourth year of existence. Mm -hmm. We can sit here and name a handful of legendary rivalries and matches in the men's division. Not so much with the women's division. I mean, you start, you think about the lights, like everyone talks about first the lights out match between Thunder Rosa sure. and, and Britt Baker. Mm -hmm. Then it starts to get, then you can talk about Jade's TBS run. Then it starts to get, you know, unless you're a consistent watcher of the product, then it gets a little bit shaky. And that's not a diss to the women in that locker room because they have a lot of incredible talent in that locker room. Mm -hmm. But there are so many, I have had a lot of complaints in terms of their booking. I feel like there were so many missed opportunities. One of the things when um, Big Swole was in the company, mm -hmm. I really wish we, I mean, I just feel like her and Britt Baker could have been done so much better because they were yeah. money on the mic against each other. Mm -hmm. the, the dentist match was okay and i understand yeah. there was other circumstances around it but i just feel there's so many opportunities to build a longer story with the women i feel like we don't get a lot of a long-term booking with the women's division and if mm -hmm. you're not going to build the long-term booking it's hard for the audience to care again it's not the ladies faults in the locker room they're busting their ass out there but if creative is not branching out these stories for the audience to care they may not remember it week to week. So, yes, there is incredible validity to, to that sign, and it needs to be addressed, uh, you know, immediately. Yeah, there are lots of uh, comments here in the chat. The cameraman was frustrated. Hey, Jeffrey, which I can imagine. Uh, Boza says that sign described the frustration of us women's wrestling fans. He goes on to say Tony won't pay attention to that. Would Tony orchestrate that? I don't know. Taya versus Britt was a mess. Chemistry was way off. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're two great performers. Mm -hmm. But sometimes mm -hmm. your dance partner, the, the chemistry is everything. It, it, yeah. Booney, man, what did you think about that sign? And if you had a chance to see that match, what did you think? Well, I didn't get the chance to see the match and the sign yet because I'm still I'm still watching that episode. So I'm yeah, sorry, spoiler. No problem, no problem. <laughs> but I can answer the question you asked beforehand. You asked who do we think is responsible? Who could be responsible? But I'm gonna just go ahead and say this, and I'll say this word so it doesn't trigger anybody: the universe. That's why I think it's the, <laughs> the, the, because, because there are times when a collective truth is exposed in a way that cannot be misinterpreted. And it's truth put in front of you and there's no denying it. So the fact that it ended up there for that long, yeah, sure, it was a mistake by the cameraman and this and blah, blah, blah. And probably that cameraman was panicking when he was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. And then it, it was sitting there longer while he was trying to figure it out. It was meant to happen mm -hmm. because it's the truth. And this isn't just AEW. This has been the issue across with WWE as well. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I, I see, I've had this problem since I was just ecstatic when they did the women's evolution pay-per-view. Yeah. Ecstatic. It was amazing. And the fact that there wasn't at least one more after that, mm-hmm. that it just made it seem like, oh, this is just a, like, you know, let's just give them that and, and then just like, like that's enough and not going to bring anything back. It's just like at this point, at this point with how the women's division is and how the fans are more engaged with, with the women's, you know, matches mm-hmm. that it's been 90, 10 for the longest, 80, 20, 70, 30. At this point, it should be 50, 50, or at least 60, 40. Mm-hmm. And so that is really kind of the issue I'm having with it is because it's the truth. It's the truth that there is no, and I'm talking about across the board, there's no, when I look at WWE, there is no long form story that they have been really develop, developing and building like they have in a you know men's division they mm-hmm. with bloodline story they even mm-hmm. got the judgment day story and it makes you think well if Rhea wasn't in it or if it was all women if judgment day was all women would they be getting the same push as they've been getting mm. or would they've been thrown in little the same matches between them and damage control every monday Mm. Damage no control can buy a win, man. It's no bottom to the actual story or anything. So that's mm. been my problem. So I'm gonna just calm down now before I keep on going on a rant. But hey, <laughs> I'm glad it was said. It was so poetic. It was so poetic. The, the greatest I'm, conspiracy online right now: the UFOs and who held the camera long on dynamite. <laughs> and, and and again, it was the timing of it, literally. The 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 match ended. The match ended, and the camera found this sign and stayed there for three to five seconds. And yep. what was even funnier was the commentators who normally respond to signs were doing their best to talk around it like they weren't seeing it, but it was it was. It was a moment. It was Excalibur a real... didn't. I, I can't remember. Excalibur didn't say anything. Nope. He has everything to say about everything else. About he every, he about said hey, nothing about this. Hey, let's just call it what it is. Truth karma. That's what that's what that's what we could call it. Truth karma. It's just when that truth is about to finally just come out and it comes out in the most poetic or ironic way. And mm-hmm. that shows the universe has a sense of humor. You know what? <laughs> if they're gonna flip this into a storyline, they need to do an NWO type storyline and say it was the outcast that did it. Cause they're like damage control, they need a win. Yeah, they need a yeah, it's as much as I love Willow Nightingale and she deserves. Mm-hmm everything that she's getting right now she didn't necessarily need that owen hart cup victory necessarily she had the title already so i feel like ruby soho needed more at that point it's just like you know you got to balance out your booking your wins and losses the outcasts need a win they need a win to be a viable threat as a stable and the same goes for damage control it's like yo y'all can't buy a win man so you know yeah, I just feel like anytime I am, most of the times when I am watching AEW, I just feel, you know, I don't know. I just feel like the the women's matches are just are not. There is it doesn't seem like there's as much like effort and passion 
put into uh, the booking and maybe even the stories and stuff at this, right? at least right now, it, it seems that way to me. Maybe I could be wrong because I still need to catch up to some things. But that's just been the problem to me across the board. You know, it just that there's there's a lot more they could be taken advantage of as far as storylines and 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 rivalries. And it's and it's not. It's just like, OK, who's who's going to have a match with so and so today? And let's throw on this three on three. And then they do them four on four, whatever. So they could get all of them some screen time for some little bit. And see that that shit, too. Let me shut right. up. <laughs> no, no, that boy the, fired the, up. Look, 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 the chat is is loving you, Booney. They are. I, I've always said I'm a very passionate person. I mm -hmm. tell the truth. I'm always telling the truth with love. So if I'm like, it, it's with love, even if it's damn. Yeah. Like, it, it, it right. Now Cedric is in the chat saying no Willow no slander. Willow. No, no, I love Willow Nightingale, but yeah. I'm also talking about you need to build the outcasts up to be a viable threat. They can't mm -hmm. keep losing if, yeah. if they want them to be a viable threat. Yeah, You gotta give some W's to the Hills, man. I love Willow Nightingale, but you gotta let the Hills get a little sometimes. That's the beauty of this. It's gotta be a give and take between good and evil. That's my only point about that. But I love it. They, they gotta figure this out. They gotta yeah. figure this out ASAP. They gotta figure out the long-term booking storyline. There, there's, and you know what? One other thing. I know there's a lot of people who have seen this across line. I see this in the chat about Jamie Hayter being hurt. I mm -hmm. get that the champ is hurt, but one person being hurt in the division doesn't hold the whole damn division up. Well, there's too many other people in that locker room to figure it out. <laughs> you know the the ironic part, and Nikki uh, agrees uh, with with you, Chuck, about Ruby uh, should have been the one to win that tournament. The interesting thing, as you mentioned, about how one. Um, one person hurt shouldn't hold things up. That also was the case when Thunder Rosa got hurt. Right. You know, she uh, now we have to have an interim women's yeah, champion. Man. And we had that interim women's champion for about four months uh, yeah. until they finally figured out, OK, well, she we, we need to go ahead and, and call somebody an actual women's yeah, champion. Man. So I, I do think it's interesting. And you guys raise some very interesting points just about how they're still in 2023, not equity across all companies in terms of depth of storyline. And it's almost as though, you know, we go back to WrestleMania 35, you know, where Kofi wins the world title, but also we get the, the first women's main event in mm. WrestleMania history, you know, which followed having the evolution pay-per-view and it felt like we were on to something, but it's almost as though, once uh, once one of the things that should have been done a while ago gets covered, there's so much more development on the men's side that happens that it's almost, again, we're talking about a three-year storyline right now with the bloodline, which the irony is that, you know, uh, uh, Roman comes back SummerSlam 2020. Right. SummerSlam 2023, Roman and Jay are main eventing, right? Right. Like that—that that is the ultimate and long-term storytelling, yeah. and we don't have that same kind of thing happening creatively yeah. at all. It's like we don't even side. get six months worth. I'm gonna yeah. throw oh, some man. wild in the in the dark here. Do okay, you think it has to do with Stephanie McMahon leaving the company and not having someone at the top brass fighting about for that? 
I I think that is an undeniable fact. It's a good theory. Yeah, that, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I'm just because yeah. you just because Gerard, you just talked about the timeline. She yeah. was here through all of that, and there was. Right. And not yeah. only not only did we get get the triple threat match in Mania mm -hmm. 2019, then we got Sasha and and Bianca headlining right. night one a couple years ago. We sure did. So. We sure that, did. I just feel like Stephanie because I am the biggest Stephanie fan, like mm -hmm. biggest. So it was just I was heartbroken when she was stepping down because yeah. it was just like when she got uh, placed as the head, the CEO, whatever. I was ecstatic because yeah. I finally felt like, oh, oh, that's 60, 40 or 50, 50 is at least going to start happening now. Right. And we're going to see more being brought into the division, just like it was happening before. So you, that great point, DJ Chuck, because I, yeah. I yeah. did not think about that. That is a major factor. Yeah, that I, is good. And I believe Triple H is hearing it at home. I mean, look at that press conference. There's too many. There's too many dudes in here. Yeah. Best believe at the dinner table. He's hearing it. And yeah. he's trying to, and also you got to think of, as a, as a man too. They they got daughters, so and that's mm -hmm. into the product. It's in their blood. So yeah. you look at the TV screen, and then you look at your family. They're gonna look look for something that looks like them on TV that represents them. So it's personal for for Triple H, I think as well. But I think you know Stephanie leaving the company, especially under those terms, mm -hmm. it's a huge void. It's a huge void creatively, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it, it's and it's important to have and we've talked about this before to have people in those spaces to begin to speak up for those communities uh, that are not represented, you know, and so it is important be because most people are going to think about who and what they represent. So if you've got somebody in that room, they can stand up and say, uh-uh, no, no. We need to do this. We need to include this, et cetera, et cetera. So we've got time probably for maybe two more stories. Uh, let's go to, since we're talking a lot about women's wrestling, uh, there are two major biopics that's coming. One is coming about a significant women's wrestler uh, being Mildred Burke. DJ Chuck, you want to set this one up? Because some interesting women's players are out and others are in. Yes, let's break that down real quick, real quick. So it says, back in May, Charlotte Flair and Liv Morgan were to be featured in a film about the life, career, and marriage of Mildred Burke. And it said Flair was set to play the role of, of June Byers, and then Morgan was set to portray Claire Mortensen. But earlier this month, both have been have dropped out of the pr uh, production, it looks like. They're being replaced. I know I'm trying to cut down. I'm trying to make sure we get all the information here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, according to Uncle Dave at the Wrestle Observer newsletter, <laughs> uh, June Byers now be portrayed by NWA Women's Champion uh, Camilla Brickhouse, and Morrison will be played by AEW's Tony Storm. Um, that is the short version of it. Yeah. You, so I wonder what. I mean, there's a couple things to to break this down. I mean, Charlotte just came back, mm -hmm. so. I think under time off, maybe she would have been able to do something like this now because I know she took some extra time off other than personal. She, they yeah. need her more back on the road. Liv Morgan is hurt again, unfortunately, now. was this? Mm -hmm. Did this story come out? Was this the case before she got hurt or did it just come out this week? Uh, can, can someone clear that up for me? This particular story just came out today. Oh, so I think well, her injury has something to, well, do, maybe has something to do with it. Oh, wasn't their stuff filmed already? Like, wasn't that they had started shooting? 
Yeah. Oh, they had to be wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they were pulled from the project once right. WWE got involved, once right. the suits got involved, of course. So it's it's interesting to me for a few reasons. Now, ironically, Camille playing, you know, in this movie makes sense since they call the NWA women's title the Burke after uh right. after Mildred Burke. So that makes sense. Tony Storm being involved is a really good look for both Tony Storm and AEW. Like Absolutely. a super good look. So I'd be intrigued to find out what other uh, reasons there could be for WWE pulling out two of their stars uh, yeah. in a movie like this. I'm I'm very intrigued by that. Very. I think it's always it's it's just like like I say when the suits get involved and there's all this stuff, the legal stuff, like oh we want this percent, oh we want this, no we should have it. It's no deal, no deal. And it's like I don't know, maybe not, but it just always seems like it's that kind of stuff. Is that's what? Yeah. That, that's why even just like in the in the music game, like it's rarely that you want to go and try to get rights to stuff because it's just it's just such a mess. <laughs> sure. And the I, other I, thing to oh, go ahead. Yeah. I believe you know, Booney. It's probably that also as well. You know, there's the business side to it. Maybe they couldn't come to agreement of they they wanted the piece of the back end of the film. But I find yeah. it very hard to believe that they would be even walking on set before that deal was done. It seems like WWE is pretty good about dotting their eyes and crossing their teeth, especially for big projects such as this. Now their wrestlers contracts is another story letting contracts lapse, but that's another conversation. But I just don't see Charlotte and Liv Morgan even filming a scene without that paperwork being right. But yeah, that's true. I, I could, I could be wrong. I, I also think, you, you know, WWE these days, given, you know, where they are in terms of culturally, I don't think they're getting involved with a movie unless it's either filmed by WWE films Mm-hmm. or it is a larger studio that's taking this such that it gets so personally i think the movie may this might sound crazy but may not be big enough mm-hmm. for a charlotte or a Liv morgan i mean them being and what's interesting is having a tony storm and a camille brickhouse makes far more sense to me in terms of AEW getting that kind of play, the NWA getting that kind of play, as opposed to, you know, Liv and Charlotte in a space like that. So I think that's super interesting. All right. Super quick before we go, because we are quickly running out of time and there's far more that we want to cover. Interesting news about Vince McMahon, as Vince McMahon has actually just had major spinal surgery. Uh, The surgery happened last week. He is now recovering. Apparently, the surgery lasted around five hours, and it was pretty intense. According to TMZ Sports, uh, the surgery was deemed to be a success, and there is no word right now on the timeline for his recovery. So certainly, you know, we're obviously thinking about Vince, and for those who might be wondering, you know, is Vince showing up to creative with a bad back at 77? Probably not. Probably. I don't know about that. It's Vince McMahon, right? <laughs> this is the same man that ran to the ring at the at the Royal Rumble tour, and both of his quads, yeah. and still had the presence of mind to yell about get this finish right. He's, I don't he's Vince know. Vince McMahon. So, I, I, I but he's, he wasn't 77 then. The old right. body can only do what it yeah, can do. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the thing. 77. It's, it's just so. like when it starts catching up with you. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm sure mentally he's like, oh, nah, nah. Back to it. <laughs> I got it. Yes, I could, <laughs> I could do that. Okay, it's just okay. Why did the first thing that popped in my head was that bump he took off the cage when he fought Austin at the Valentine's oh, Day Oh, it massacre. was a stiff bump, too. Yeah, and That's his back very, went off the... landed the, right on the crack of the table. When I saw this stuff. story, that was the first image in my head. I was like, ooh, this may be a surgery. That's about 25 years yeah, overdue. For get sure. Well, get well of any Mac. That's incredible. So with that said, what a show we have had today. It has been absolutely incredible. Uh, I want you guys to go ahead and let everybody know how they can reach out to you. Booney, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, you can find me at Booney Mayfield on Instagram. You can also find me on all the streaming platforms and YouTube under Booney Mayfield. Just look me up. I got a lot of stuff out. And his music is fire, guys. I'm just telling you. Music, Facts. Videos. Facts. Fire. Like, Facts. oh, my gosh. DJ Chuck, how can the people reach you? Quickly about Booney. Got, did you mention a new music video you got out, too? Did you talk about that? Oh, well, I mentioned it last week. So, well, you got to mention it, it, man. It's like, it, 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 uh, yeah, make sure to check out my new music video. Uh, it's uh, called Be a Boss and Mile High Salute, the remix. Uh, yeah, it's a nice fun. It's more like a short film, so enjoy it. It's a, it's it's like it's leading to a storyline, so there's more to come. So I like it. Word. Yeah. And as for me, you can find me on the uh, on Instagram and I don't know the X app, whatever whatever the hell they want to call it these days. Uh, at the Old Soul HFP, at the Old Soul HFP. Check out my group Honor Flow Productions, our album The Black Odyssey. Check out our YouTube channel, our music videos, our documentary work, and all that good stuff. Everybody have a great weekend. I love this. I love this. Such talent that we have here rocking with us. And of course, you guys can reach me at Bonnerfied across all of the spaces. Uh, you can find my commentary work with Southern Honor Wrestling on IWTV. You can check out my commentary work with Battle Slam on Fight TV, my work with The Nightmare Factory on YouTube. And there's some other cool things that we're cooking up, which you guys will be finding out about fairly soon. So make sure you're checking out all of the things. Big shout to everybody in the chat. JD, Dylan, Boza, Sed, Nikki, Jeffrey. I saw TK rolling in here. Lots of people hanging out. Stephanie, uh, all the people in the chat. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Another big special thank you to Josiah Williams, a.k.a. Wrestle and Flow. What a fantastic interview. If you guys are just joining us, go back. Watch the replay because it's absolutely incredible. The new album, the new project, Never Settle, is available everywhere you stream or download music. So by all means, check that out. Shout out to the boss lady, TK, who we hey. saw hanging in here. Thank you, as always, for the opportunity. And make sure you're connected to all the shows that we have here. Follow us at WWTalkPod across all of the socials. All sorts of great content there, videos questionnaires, all kinds of cool things. And then the website, www.talkpod.com. We've got great interviews and some fun things are on the way there. Thank you all again for joining us. Have an absolutely amazing weekend, but we still have a lot of great shows here on the network and we'll be sure to tell you about that. But until next time, we're out of here. Remember, this is Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Hey peeps, TK Trinidad here, boss lady of Women's Wrestling Talk. And I want to say thank you so much for watching because you've got millions of options. Plus, you don't have to worry about sharing your password to check us out. But while you're here, hopefully you know we have so many more shows to watch. Like Turnbuckle Glam, Raw Post Show, WOW Post Show, AEW Dynamite Post Show, Women's Wrestling Army Post Show. 
NXT post show, Impact Wrestling post show, AW Rampage and SmackDown Live post show, On the Scroll ROH post show, WWT Live, plus all of our interviews with the hottest women's wrestlers in the game. Make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. Check out our website at www.talkpod.com and follow us on all social media platforms at www.talkpod and make sure to spread the word. That means send this to the group chat. Yes, even the person with the green bubble. Thanks again so much for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao for now. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.